0: To connect with the Outre Route du Sud, Therrier had to turn around and double back at the jammed-up Porte de Versailles. He noticed that a Ford Capri was doing the same. Through the flood of automobiles and exhaust fumes, he poked along the outer boulevards to the Porte d'Orléans, then up the access ramp to the highway and along the highway itself. The Capri was still in sight. Around 6.30, Therrier was no more than 30 kilometres from Paris but by then the traffic was loosening up. The Capri was still in sight, far behind. Terrier accelerated to 125 kmh, and the Capri did the same. He reduced his speed to 90 kmh. The Capri maintained its distance. As he approached the Archer parking area, Terrier slowed down even more. He considered the failing light and the traffic. It was still light, and many vehicles were still on the road.
1: Terrier didn't stop. He sped up and then maintained a normal speed. Now and again he glanced at the rearview mirror. Night fell. Around 10.30, Terrier wasn't
0: far from Poitiers. Noticing a sign indicating a refuelling area, he brake long and slow. He slowed down in stages and his tail lights illuminated as he did so. He left the highway and stopped under the canopy of the gas station where he had the tank filled and various things checked and the windshield cleaned. The Capri also needed fuel. It parked under the canopy at some distance from the DS. Terrier went to the toilet to take a piss. As he came back to his car, he went by the rear of the Capri and glanced at his shadow, who had not gotten out of the car. He was a tall, thin young man with a pasty complexion. He wore a black leather jacket and dark glasses. His head bristled with a thatch of black hair. Terrier returned to the DS, paid the attendant, and got back behind the wheel. A little sleet swirled in the orange glow of the highway lighting. Terrier started the car and went and parked in the lot behind the self-service restaurant. The restaurant interior was done up in orange and black plastic, and there was not a single diner. This was not the sort of place to linger over a meal. As Terrier was putting food on his tray, out of the corner of his eye, he saw that the Capri was pulling into the lot.
1: It stopped, and its driver did not get out. As Terrier was eating, a Volvo parked in the lot. A rather
0: pretty 40-ish brunette with a fine complexion got out, and came into the restaurant with two children, who were kicking up a fuss. The woman scolded and cajoled them calmly, patiently, and firmly. Terrier observed her. He had an attentive, approving expression. The fussing of the two kids made his mouth tighten a little. When he had finished eating, Terrier returned to the DS. He glanced at the Capri, parked thirty meters away, just as a cigarette flared red. He grabbed the suitcase from the back seat, opened it on the front seat, and removed the box into which he'd put the HK4 before leaving. He fitted a 380 ACP barrel into the log, then loaded and inserted a clip. He put the automatic in the side pocket of his leather coat, and got back out of his car.
1: It was cold. What looked like snowdrifts lined the edges of the parking area. The orange lamps gave little light. In the Capri,
0: the pale young man smoked an American cigarette. He gave Terrier a
1: panicky look as he approached. Why are you following me? What did you say? Through the open window, Terrier hit the young
0: man between the eyes with the barrel of the HK4. The cigarette fell. Dazed, the young man sucked air through his thin mouth, his face contorted. Terrier opened the door, grabbed the young man by the front of his white sweater,
1: and yanked him from his seat. He laid him out on the ground. The young man tried to get back up. Terrier kicked him in the head, and the young man stopped moving. Terrier quickly searched him.
0: In 10 or 15 minutes, the pretty mum and her brats would come back this way and turn on their headlights. In his pockets, the pallid fellow had a Swiss Army knife, keys, a plastic coin purse, a pack of Winston.